All right, guys. Uh, I am Ben Rogers. I'm here with uh, Dr. Tom Rogers. We're here with uh, Five at Five, the live Q&A show with Dr. Rogers every single Tuesday. Dr. Rogers, what's up? Thanks, Ben. Glad to be here. Um, so what, what I'm going to do um, for the people watching, um, I am going to be monitoring uh, comments. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers that you want to, to get on this show, we're going to answer live questions as well. So we've got five here that have been sent in throughout the week. And then at the end, um, we are go I'm going to jump back on here and we're going to go through uh, any questions that you guys have uh, for him. Um, and we'll just keep rocking this out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to leave this to Dr. Rogers and I'm going to put up uh, the first couple questions and we'll get rocking. And then I'll come back uh, once we're done with the five and we'll do some live Q&A if there are questions in the comments. Um, all right, Dr. Rogers, you ready to roll? Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, Ben. All right, here we go. This is five at five and uh, we answer five questions um, every Tuesday. You're my last patient of the day and it's been quite a day. I've uh, been doing a lot of work today with telemedicine, it seems like. And um, just an interesting time to practice medicine for sure. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. Um, a lot of different things going on in our country and our with our healthcare system, as you know. So um, I always look at these questions. I never really look at the questions until they, they come on. And that's what's good about these off-the-cuff um, answers you're going to get what truly I think you know and um, sometimes that's the best way I like to think that I have a lot of common sense with medicine and so um, I hope you'll agree with me so and if you don't let me know I mean I don't mind negative feedback as well um, uh, but anyway let's get on to the questions um, question number one if I've already had COVID should I get the vaccine when it comes out um, that's a really good question. Um, here's the thing. If you've recently had COVID, you're not going to need the vaccine anytime soon. Um, so reserve the vaccine for those people who need it. Um, now, would it hurt you to get the vaccine on top of having COVID? No. From all the evidence I've read, it wouldn't. But you, you've already got some immunity, both B and T cell immunity. So why not wait? Uh, for a few months until um, the vaccine's been out a while. Actually, that'd be the ideal situation for anybody. Let it, let's test it out and see what happens, if there's any side effects, how it's going, if it's protecting people. Because really, even though they've done the, some of the trials and it's coming out very soon, it's coming out in England today, I believe. They start mass immunizations today in England and Europe. Um, so if it was me, I wouldn't want to be the first one to get a vaccine. Uh, so we're kind of sitting in a pretty spot there, I think. If you've had COVID, as many, many people have, and, you, you know, you can test your antibodies um, to see if you've developed antibodies when you had COVID. We check that every day in our office. Um, you know, all insurance cover it. So in the, under the CARE Act, I think it's free anyway. So if you've had it or think you've had it, get the COVID antibody test. And so if you're positive, you don't need the vaccine for a while, but um, it wouldn't hurt you to take it um, anyway. It's not going to double react on you. I think probably having the il illness itself would probably be a better um, uh, immunity than the vaccine in itself. So that's my own feeling about it. 
You know, I kind of I checked my own antibodies here a few weeks ago, to, hoping that somehow I had asymptomatically had it, like two members of my family had that I was around, and several office members, and I didn't get it. So, but anyway, so uh, great question. It wouldn't hurt you, but you need to hold off a little while till it's been out a while before you get vaccinated if you've already had it. No reason to, and that gives you an opportunity to see how this thing's going to go. Um, great question. Great question. Number two, I'm on a stomach pill called Prilosec. Does that increase my risk for COVID? That's a great question, too. You've obviously been reading. Yep, um, Prilosec, which is also called Omeprazole, is what we call a PPI, proton pump inhibitor. Um, also, you can have pantoprenazole. You can have Nexium. There's several out there. They're heavy-duty acid reducers, and they work really well. They actually take all the acid out of your stomach. It's a terrible class of medications for long-term use, though. Unless you have a serious condition like Barrett's esophagus, you only need this medicine short-term. It's on my highlighted list of medicines to get people off of. Um, I hope I'm still with this thing um i'll keep going because uh, we got a little interference on our computer but uh ben are you still hearing me i'm sorry i, I don't know what that was um that could have been me okay uh, we, well, you were on number two i'm sorry about that doc uh that's okay but uh, that's a great question here here was that i'm on omeprazole does that increase my risk for covid i read a great article a couple nights ago about this and yes, it does increase your risk for COVID. It's not only a terrible medicine to be on long term, and it seems like people get put on this because they had heartburn, and they stay on it for years. Actually, it's a terrible medicine for long term use. It increases um, a lot of things like osteoporosis. I mean, God put acid in your stomach for a reason to digest your food and absorb your vitamins and minerals. So when you cut all the acid out of your stomach, you, you, it leads to osteoporosis, low vitamin D, which is a major risk factor for COVID, and um, stomach infections, uh, terrible stomach infections that you can have. So um, it's a bad medicine to stay on long-term anyway. One, I try to get everybody off of unless it's short-term use or they have some serious rare condition like a Barrett's esophagus that you can only diagnose through endoscopy. But... Um, yes, the article I read, and I've been talking to people about this for months, is that you need to get off of this. And this big study correlated it, corroborated it, but that you have a two to three times increased risk of contracting COVID-19 if you're on that medicine. So if you're on that right now, get off of it and get on a medicine called Pepsid, um, Famotidine. Um, there's a couple others in that class of H2 blockers like Zantac or Tagamet. There's been a couple problems with Zantac this year. So just get on Pepsid AC. Um, matter of fact, Pepsid AC is very protective against COVID. It's also an acid reducer, but it works in a different way and doesn't reduce that much acid like a PPI, like a Meprazole. I mean, it seems like every other patient that comes into my office is on Prilosec. Get off of it and get on Pepsid because your chance of getting COVID, which gets in through the intestinal tract, even though it's spread by respiratory droplets, 
it gets in through the intestinal tract. And remember, this is an autoimmune disease. It's not the virus itself that kills people. It's the autoimmune reaction, the overreaction, that, um, that cytokine storm leading to coagulopathy, blood clotting in your lungs. So, yeah, great question. Get off the Prilosec. Get on Pepsid for right now. And um, talk to an expert about that. Great question. Um, number three, what's the first thing you do with a new COVID case? Um, well, I've probably talked to 10 new COVID patients today. We're doing a ton of telemedicine. Don't really want the COVID cases in the office. We'll have to shut down, you know, temporarily. So we prefer to do it by phone. So if you think you have COVID, have a fever, any symptoms, you're sick, don't come call and I'll treat you over the phone as will all our uh, providers in the office. So the first thing I do is look at their medical history, see if they, what kind of risk factors they have for uh, having a bad result with COVID. And um, make mis no mistake, COVID's a real thing right now. It's bad. It's all over the place. It's potentially very serious. Um, I had a visit with one of my patients today um, who had a family member die of COVID um, and a previously healthy 70-year-old without any risk factors. I think um, maybe waited too long to go to the hospital, but um, immediately got uh, ventilated and things went downhill from there. So it's a real thing. This is not a hoax. This is a real crisis right now that we're in. It's a a serious, deadly pandemic that we need to take seriously. Um, I'm very hopeful that it's gonna we're gonna turn the corner uh, with the vaccine coming out and maybe some herd immunity and some tre early treatments. Again, I've been touting early treatment for this thing for months now. I've treated hundreds of patients, and knock on wood, have had good results from. Um, really all of them, knock on wood, but I, I hit it pretty aggressively at the start. Um, you know, why they're not touting this early treatment of some of the things we can do, I don't know. I guess it's become political and and things like that, or you, they want a double-blind study on everything, and you, there's no time for that. We need to treat aggressively now when you contract this illness. So, And again, most people that get this – it's a fairly mild illness. Two of my kids had it, and, you know, it was a mild illness for them. Um, one of them can't, still can't taste very well. That's been almost two months now. Um, and, and the two of my kids that had this are type 1 diabetics, so, which is a minor risk factor. Type 2 is a more of a risk factor for doing bad with COVID. But um, certainly um, it's serious. I'm hopeful that things will turn around pretty soon. Um, but you know, it's possible that we'll have another lockdown here very soon. So, um, and it's a very communicable disease. So, you know, I'm not against mask wearing at all. Um, so you have to use your common sense on this thing, but it's not a hoax. So, um, so getting on to what I do with a, a first time COVID patient, number one, I look at their medical history, assess what cardiopulmonary risks they have. If they have heart or lung disease, they're much more at risk, and I get pretty aggressive with it. Um, I'll look at their symptoms. They have a lot of GI symptoms. They have 
pulmonary symptoms? Are they coughing? Are they coughing anything up? What's their temperature? One of the main things I do is look at their O2 saturation. I have them immediately go buy an O2 sat monitor at the drugstore and monitor those saturations. In a lot of cases, I've sent oxygen to be used at home. You know, really, the last place you want to have this thing is in the hospital. Um, you know, if you get bad, that's your last choice. And if you get short of breath and you can't breathe, you go to the hospital and they really, you know, look at it with some more heavy hitters. I'm hoping we'll get some outpatient monoclonal antibody treatments for this. But unfortunately, it's an IV infusion that you have to do um, under a doctor's supervision. And, you know, we have that available right now, not in our office yet, but it's going to be a matter, matter of logistics where you can get this. You know, the first thing I'd want to get is this IV infusion of monoclonal antibodies like Trump had at Walter Reed, along with some other stuff he had. But um, in any event, um, so, and of course I use antibiotics. Uh, I use Zithromax usually or doxycycline. Um, you know, depends on a different, the particular case as to which one I'll use on you. Uh, previous use of antibiotics, other associated symptoms. Um, like uh, today I used doxycycline in a guy instead of Zithromax because he had testicular involvement. Uh, so I wanted to cover him for that. Um, Epididymize, which is doxycycline, works better for that. So um, then I, I use a lot of hydroxychloroquine. You know, that, quote, Trump drug that doesn't work. It does work if you use it early. Uh, I usually don't use it if somebody has an, a problem with arrhythmias, but it's very rare it would cause a side effect. Um, like they say, we've used it for 60 years. It's very inexpensive. It works if you get it early. Um, there's a lot of studies that will correlate with this. Um, but um, I'll use sometimes, if lungs are involved, uh, a nebulizer with inhaled steroids called pulmocort budesonide. Um, sometimes I use an antiparasitic drug called ivermectin if I don't use one or the other. Sometimes I use it with. Sometimes I throw the kitchen sink at them. Um, but uh, I, also, I also use high-dose vitamins. I've got a protocol that I use. I use, of course, the Pepsid. I use a, uh, an anticoagulant, sometimes aspirin, sometimes heavier. Um, I use melatonin at night. Um, but I use... Of course, D, C, and zinc in higher doses than I usually use. Um, and I usually use a higher dose of Zithromax than just a Z-Pack. Sometimes I'll add an oral steroid like prednisone to the mix. But uh, these patients that I see, I don't just talk to them once and then fall off. We follow these people until they're better. Um, but anyway, so the first thing I do is look at the medical history and look at their particular case. So, and everybody's different. Some people get some funky rashes with this um, that I've treated. Um, your immune system is kind of in question here, and that's what I look at your immune system, anything I can do to build up your immune system. And the people that do bad with this have poor function immune systems usually. Um, so I hit that pretty hard. Um, so I hope that answered your question. Um, question four, what do you think of Dr. Fauci? <laughs> that's a funny question. That's a, that's an odd question, but, um, well, he's, he's a nice old man who's been around for years as head of our 
infectious disease department. Um, he's, I guess, you know, I'll be honest with you. He, he's a pretty old guy, but he's probably a very smart guy. Um, he probably hasn't treated any patients for many years. He's certainly not treating patients. Um, and I don't know. I think Dr. Fauci, he's the person of the year right now. I mean, he's being lauded all over the place. Um, you know, my, my thoughts about him, I'm not for or against Dr. Fauci. Um, I think that he's been very wishy-washy about his recommendations. I mean, at first he said masks don't help, and then he's masks are the only thing we have. Um, so he's been very wishy-washy with the C CDC and the FDA. Um, you know, at first he'll say something may help, like hydroxychloroquine, it's okay. Then he says it doesn't work because there's no double-blind placebo-controlled trials and it may be a dangerous drug. Well, I, I kind of take issue that. We don't have time for a double-blind placebo-controlled trial on a lot of these things we're trying. Um, so... You know, you can't poo-poo things that may work that are that are relatively safe because you don't want that patient going down the tubes and then go to the hospital and have to put them on a ventilator where there's about an 80% mortality rate. So I think he's been kind of wishy-washy with things. Um, you know, the vaccine, of course, uh, I'm all for, um, you know, but if you can treat something early... Uh, while before we get the vaccine, I'm all for that, too. I found it interesting when I listened to him a few months ago um, about his own health. He's 80 years old and is obviously at risk for COVID. And he said he feels pretty safe. He's pretty healthy. The only thing he's had in the last, last year is in November he had H1N1 flu. I'm thinking, here's the head of our flu uh, vaccine, the absolute top guy. I'm sure he took a flu shot, and yet he got H1N1 flu. What does that say? I.e., the flu shot didn't work for him, so it, always, it doesn't work a lot of the times. <laughs> I'm kind of down the flu shot in the last few years. They seem to always get it off. I'm not against the flu shot. Um, I haven't taken it in the last few years, and I'm not going to take it this year, um, mainly because I don't have a lot of risk factors, and I just don't think it works that good. And I'm finally listening to a, thousands of patients have told me that makes them sick. So I'm not against it, but you make your own decision on the flu shot. It didn't work for Dr. Fauci. Um, so, you know, it may not work for you either. But uh, so, um, you know, I think he's a figurehead. And um, I, what I wish he would do is ring from his... You know, he's got a lot of power with this thing. Why he's not telling every American to get on high dose of vitamin D, C, and zinc, I don't know. I mean, maybe Pepsi. Some of these things we know probably help or boost your immune system with probiotics. I don't know. You know, if I was in his position, I'd be telling every American, I'd be giving free vitamin D out, which is dirt cheap, telling everybody to get on zinc, which we know helps, and higher doses of C. And talking about the immune system and things you can do to, you know, help yourself. I don't know why he's not doing that. I would be doing that if I was him. So, again, whether he's doing a great job or not, you be the own judge of that. Um, 
and I don't like conspiracy theories or anything like that about, you know, he's tied in with vaccine companies. I don't, I don't know. I hardly, I have a hard time believing that, but in any event, um, so that's my thoughts on Dr. Fauci. I hope that helped you a little bit. That's my own opinion as a common sense family doctor here in Tennessee. Um, I'm not on the ivory tower. So, um, last question. I love to know more about the regular mask effectiveness blocking COVID. So many religiously wear a mask and use hand sanitizer, etc., and still get the disease. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It seems like, you know, the people I've seen that have gotten COVID um, wear the mask religiously. Uh, you know, so th- I don't know. There's there's sometimes not a great correlation. You know, we know that if you have COVID, you should definitely wear a mask to prevent other people from getting COVID. Um, But a person that wears a routine cloth mask is not going to be real protected against COVID if somebody's around you with COVID. You'd have to have really uh, an N95 mask. You'd probably have to be double mask and your your main mask should be an N95 to prevent those particles from getting in your system. You'd also have to have glasses on and maybe a shield um, to prevent that. So I'm certainly not against masks, but they're not. It's proven that people that wear masks are getting COVID without a doubt in my mind. So I think you should wear them. And you should, you know, if you're around people with COVID, certainly if you're a healthcare worker, you got to really be careful with the PPEs. They've proven that the health, the frontline healthcare workers that are using PPEs that get COVID, they're not getting it from the hospital. Usually, they're getting it from outside the hospital. I read a report about that last night. Of course, they can get it in the hospital too, but they're usually, if they're effectively using their PPEs, they're getting it from outside the hospital, like family and and other places, I guess. But. Um, so, and hand sanitizer, sure, you should have it on you at all the times. That virus can live on a, on a stainless steel surface for maybe days and maybe, maybe 28 days. So be religious about keeping your hands washed and keeping your hands out of your face, using the things I would tell you all the time anyway. So I hope that helps your question. Um, you know, mask or certainly... Um, maybe effective somewhat, but um, certainly they're not going to be the ultimate answer to this thing. It's proven it's not. Um, so wear them, but also do the other things, and uh, you may get this thing anyway if you are early treatment. So that's my kind of thoughts on that. Uh, so that's five questions. I think we have a few questions from listeners. Don't we? Yes. Um, all right, Doc. So we got we got a few questions here. One from Shelly. It's very similar to um, our last question here. Um, there it is right there. Thank you, Shelly. Well, same thing we just talked about. How effective are the masks that normal people wear? Um, somewhat effective, certainly not 100%. Um, I've talked to so many people that are religious about wearing their mask and still end up getting it. Um so you got to do everything to prevent yourself from getting this. I mean, to totally shut it down. I mean, we, you know, everybody, you'd have to send everybody to live in a cave separately, I guess. But 
Um, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's all over the place right now. So um, keep your immune system as healthy as you can, and you should be you should do okay on this. The people with risk factors are the people I worry about the most. Um, like the elderly, the people with cardiopulmonary disease, the people with type 2 diabetes, and certainly the morbidly obese people. When I look at all the reports and see the demographics, morbidly obese people have a really hard time with COVID. Um, to me, that's the main risk factor. Um, people that have low vitamin D levels. So again, everybody, I'll shout it out myself. I'm not Dr. Fauci, but please get on um, at least five to 10,000 of D3 get on a gram of vitamin C at least twice a day um, and get on zinc 50 milligrams a day with food. Um, and maybe some of the other stuff like Pepsid, uh, baby aspirin, melatonin, um, even some of the herbals like elderberry. Um, uh, but anyway, that's a good question. Um, okay, another we question got another here. here for okay, I'm on day 10 of COVID. Should I still be worried about getting worse? Yeah, you really should. A lot of people, you know, have that um, cytokine storm on about day 10. Um, so, yeah, you should monitor yourself. You shouldn't freak out, okay? You shouldn't be freaking out about this disease. I don't want to, you know, send anybody into a panic. I'll say relax. You're going to probably do fine um, for the vast majority of people. Um, but... Yeah, you're not out of the woods yet. Hopefully, you got some early treatment. Um, if you still have symptoms and you're getting worse and you're not getting better, you know, talk to a doctor who's treated a lot of this. Call the office. You can call my office if you want tomorrow. But, um, you know, usually by day 10, most people are getting better and they're ready to go back to work if they feel okay. But certainly, if you have symptoms, you know, if you still have fever, chills, if you're still coughing, if certainly if you're short of breath and your O2 sat is not in the mid-90s, you know, uh, you, you can get treatment. A lot of people at day 10, if they're not better, I'll put them on a, a round of prednisone. You know, I don't know what your treatment's been or what your condition is. Hopefully, you're a healthy person, but um, and, and you shouldn't be worried about it, but I've seen people have symptoms for months after having COVID, you know, cardiopulmonary symptoms, myocarditis. So you need follow-up after you get finished with COVID, especially if you have symptoms like shortness of breath. Um, but I've seen people with weird rashes and uh, outbreaks of shingles probably related to the immune system COVID. Um Certainly the loss of taste and smell can last for a couple months. Um, so great question. So if you're getting sick, um, please call. Um, so you're on high-dose vitamins, finish prednisone, good, and on uh, corithromycin, good. Take uh, Yeah, take your baby aspirin for a while, um, for sure, unless you have an ulcer or something. Um, and also add some Pepsid in there, AC, and maybe some melatonin at night. There's a there's so several new studies that show the anti-inflammatory uh, naproxen, Aleve, same thing, may be beneficial for people um, against COVID. You know, when we first came out with it, we had a lot of conflicting reports. Should you take ibuprofen? 
uh, it may make it worse. No, ibuprofen or naproxen do not make it worse. In fact, they may help it. Um, so if you're still having body aches and muscle aches, uh, that will not hurt you to take. Uh, uh, my preference would be a leave. Um, how much vitamin C? Um, vitamin C, if you for prophylaxis or prevention, one gram twice a day. That's a thousand milligram twice a day. Um, now, if you come down with it, I go up high. I take it. I would take it one gram five times a day for five days, and then back down to twice a day. Um, great question. Vitamin C. You know, we give high dose vitamin C here IV in the office. Um, but uh, okay, another question. We're getting a lot of questions today. Will you get the vaccine or treat early if you catch it? Um, of course, I'll treat early if I catch it. You know, if I don't catch it, I'm probably going to get the vaccine. Which one? I don't know yet. Um, de depends on availability. Um, and I'm going to wait till it's been out just a little bit, you know, to see how people do with it. Uh, here in the U.S., we're, we're lucky because it's being tested over in Europe and, you know, other countries right now, uh, more so than it is here. Um, so will I get the vaccine? Very possibly, um, but I'll treat early if I catch it for sure. Uh, great question. Uh, and, and I believe, Doc, that is, that is it. I'm scrolling through. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Um, but that'll be it for today's five at five. Uh, Dr. Rogers, thank you. This was awesome. Thanks, man. Awesome. Enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.